Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. The other day I was outside and I overheard a conversation. A, a young lady picked up her phone. It was ringing. She answered it and she said, hurry up. My phone's at 1%. What do you got to say me? Say to me. That, that was exactly what came out of her mouth in a matter of seconds. And, and I knew, and was her phone really at 1%? I had to Google and I had to look and say, do our phones tell us when they get down to 1%? I know they tell me when I get down to 10 and the thing is, our, our phones do that, and we can see that our phones warn us when our phones are running low, don't they? How many of us appreciate that? We appreciate the little battery on our phone. I don't know where it is. I have an iPhone, so mine's up in the upper right-hand corner. I know right now that my phone is at 67%, um, and, and I know that. But how many of us wish our lives had the same thing? How many of us, we run our lives so drained, so tired, so hard, we don't realize our battery is running low until it's too late. And then we crash. We get sick. We get irritable. We get angry. We get depressed. We get anxious. I don't know what your battery does when your battery of your life cycle starts running low, but all those things happen to me. I sometimes get sick, I get tired, I get, I get frustrated. I, my, like, I have my patient level, instead of it, like having a, a little a, a bar, or whatever you call it, a little arm meter, a meter, that's the word, meter that like tells me, mine, when my battery is running low, my meter runs high. And so, so I know for me, that's what happens. And so I will run my own soul battery down. I will go, 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 because that's me. I will go, 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 go until I've gone too hard. And then I crash. My wife says, Jeremiah, you need to get away. But you see, that's not good. It's not good for us. It's, it's not good for us. You know, our batteries, we can go and you, you can see your batteries running low and then what do you do? You, you plug it in and, and you want to make sure you have the right charger. You know, I've got an iPhone charger, so I plug an iPhone charger into here. But, you know, I also have an Android charger up here. And, and the thing is, no matter how hard I try, this will never charge my phone. It won't. And I've got this right here, it's a portable charger, and that'll do that. And, and so what time with our life is we will try to charge our life with the wrong things, or we'll run our life so hard that we have nothing left at the end of the week or at the end of the day, for some of us, at the end of our life. I read a study by Mayo Clinic this week. It says, the long-term activation of the stress response system and the subsequent overexposure to cortisol and other stress hormones can disrupt almost all of your body's process. That means always running your body hot. That means always running your body on stress. That means always living that life of stress, living in that place. This article is telling us that it's not good for you. It continues. Those stress hormones can increase your risk of health problems such as anxiety. I know some of us in here, we struggle with that. Such as depression. Some of us in here, we struggle with that. Headaches, heart disease, sleep problems, even memory and concentration impairment. Because we're running our life so hard 
we're continuing, we're pushing back, we're pushing through those barriers. Our life says, hey, you should pause for a second. We're like, no, I got this. I got to keep going. And then you just keep going. No, I got this. And so we just go, go, go. I read another study this week. It's out of an article by Select Health. And it said, the reason we need to recharge is simple. It reduces stress, it increases creativity, and you, will be, and you will feel better. It might help you live longer, and it can also strengthen your immune systems. Our bodies run low on power. They do. Your body does. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you're a person like me, and I know there's some of you out here, you're like me. And you are a doer. You go, 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 go. Throughout today's sermon, we're going to learn one word. Has two letters. First one starts with an N, ends with an O. What is that word? We need to learn the word. We do. We need to learn the word go. Somebody says, hey, can't, no. Can you, your kids say, hey, dad, can you help me? No. That might be one where you might need to say yes more to. You see, our bodies run low. And I ask you, how many of you, you're running low right now? You're running low on life. You're running low on power, low on energy, low on strength. Our souls need to be refilled and refreshed. They do. But as a pastor in my seat that I sit in, I, get, I look at all of you all stare at me. And some of you, like you, I can fake it. I'll be honest. I could fake it till I make it. And I have before. I, I've preached a sermon that I was totally empty on. I'll, I'll admit, I've been there. But I, I've learned that's not good for me, and it's definitely not good for you. So I've learned I have to get away and recharge my own soul. But here's what I've noticed. I, I was at a wedding last week, and I was tired. It was a busy weekend. And the first thing that people do, we're all busy, is they're like, I'm going to take the Sunday off, which is fine. I get it. But imagine if I did that. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep in. Some of you laugh. You're like, some of you are like, well, don't convict me. That's you jerk. <laughs> but what I've noticed in my seat is the first thing we do when we're running low, when our lives are tapped, the first thing we do is we cut the very thing we need. We cut church, and we cut God out. It, it's the first thing that I, 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 I've seen that what we do as, as believers and as churchgoers, is, it's the first thing we cut. We're like, okay, we, we step back, we evaluate our lives, and we're like, I'm going to stop serving, because that's the thing. In reality, that's probably the one thing that's keeping you connected and everything else is draining your battery. When was the last time you did a battery check on your life? I can tell you right now, my battery, I can tell you what's draining the battery on my phone. And I can tell you, here, here's what's draining the battery on Jeremiah's phone. I'm going to be real with you right now. Okay, this is a humbling moment. I'm going to be real and I'm going to let you in on a little life of my obsessions. The number one thing that's draining the life of my phone 25% of my battery use today, so of the 60, the 33% of my phone battery that I've used, 25% of that goes to Amazon. <laughs> Don't judge me. Let me see your phone right now. Number two, the 20% of my battery goes to Instagram. Mm. 
All right, that stinks. Not TikTok or any of those kind of things. I don't have that. Third thing, takes 12% of my battery. I know you're going to laugh. It's this golf game. I'm sorry. It's my life. And the fourth thing is Facebook. I can look at my phone and I can see what's sucking the power out of it. But when was the last time you looked at your life and actually processed what was sucking the power? You want to know, did you see one thing that wasn't on my phone? It wasn't my YouVersion Bible app. Now, that's only because, not because I didn't read my Bible. I got up early at 4.40 this morning and I read my Bible. I don't read it on my phone. You want to know why? Because if I'm reading it on here, guess where I so quickly turn? Those top four things. Amazon, because I was checking to see when my son, actually I was shopping. I was looking at like locks. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Are you recharging your life? What we do is we, we, we try to charge our life with the wrong thing so many times. This charger is for an Android. Guess what? It will never work for my iPhone. I, I can try. It might, I don't want to try. I can force this thing in there. I can make it go into the charging port. I can do that. It will never work. And some of us in our life, we are trying to recharge with the wrong thing, and we're frustrated, we're mad, and we're wondering why it won't work. Well, it's because this is the only charger that will, and this will work. I can just, like, put my phone on this thing. I don't know how many of you have these kind of chargers where you just, like, sit your phone there, and it just charges it somehow through the, whoever thought that would be invented. I don't know. Some of you are like, Jeremiah, you are a rabbit trailer today. Sorry. But how many of you are trying to charge with the very wrong thing? So how do we do it? Today we're going to look at Jesus, who lived a very busy life, yet somehow never quit, never gave up, but fulfilled everything his father sent him to do. Let's pray and we'll look at that. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for this day. God, I thank you for shave ice outside because you're good that way. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who doesn't leave us on empty, but you desire to fill us. So Jesus, this morning, as maybe we reevaluate, we look at things, maybe we get uncomfortable and we're actually honest with ourselves, with our spouse, with our kids, or maybe with our parents, and, or, or with our, our boyfriend, girlfriend, or with our, whoever it is, Lord. Maybe we're, we're, we just are honest today. God, help us to see those things that are draining our soul and help us get plugged into the thing that we need the most, and that's you. And Jesus, I ask that you would meet each and every person in this room, but not just here at City View, Lord, but at churches all over the valley. I pray for my friend um, Andrew over at Cross Church. God, I ask that you'd speak through him, speak through Brian over at Valley Life, and Lord, speak through Jared over at Desert City, and, and Lord, speak through, uh, Lord, just uh, my, my friend Bryson over at Relentless, and speak to us at City View Church this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and all God's people in here said... 
Amen. Well, hey, good morning. My name is Jeremiah. I get to be the pastor here at City View Church. Let me tell you, it is an honor and a privilege to get to share with you God's word. I hope all of you got one of these papers. If you didn't get one, raise your hand, and one of my ushers will be getting it to you. This is really for you. This is just something that, I, there's some notes that I found. This is just, this, these are every place that Jesus met with God. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. So if you didn't get one, raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed. This says every place in the Bible where Jesus got a way to meet with God. Um, it's, it's a cool, I just, it's one of my favorite studies that I ever did. Um, but hey, if you're new here, welcome, welcome to City View. I'm so glad you decided to join us. If you're online, good morning and welcome. I am so glad you are able to join us online today. Today we continue our journey through the book of Mark. That's what we started last week. We started this journey. And as I was studying this week and looking at Mark chapter 1 and continuing my study and my look into Jesus being no ordinary man, I asked myself these questions. I just, this is right how I started this, my study. I, I, I just, I'm my computer, it's a blank screen, it's my Word doc is there, nothing is there, and I wrote, Jesus, what sets you apart? These are the things I asked myself. What, and I kept it in my notes. These are usually questions I don't type out, but this time I did. I was helping them guide me. What made you different? How can I follow your example? How were you able to do so much? How were you able to do it? Why was your relationship with your father so important? And why was prayer such a focus of your life? These were questions that I asked myself this week. As I was getting ready to look at Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 25. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can turn there as well. Or you can look on the screen behind me. But we're in Mark chapter 1, verse 29. If you don't own a Bible, I would love to give you a Bible. They're in the back, and I give it to you after service. Just come and say, hey, pastor, can I get one? And I'll give you one. Mark chapter 1, verse 29 says, and immediately... This word immediately is all throughout the book of Mark, used over 40 times, because Mark is the gospel, it is, it is the book of action, it is going, it's a nonstop, it's the ADD book of the Bible. I relate to Mark, because this is my life. I'm like, and Jeremiah was there, and he's like, squirrel, that is my life, that is me, I get Mark, I get that move, 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 never stop kind of guy. I don't need drugs or anything to do that, it is just, I am, I don't stop, if I ever had anything, I don't know what would happen because I just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. So and immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of, of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever. And Simon went and said, Jesus, would you heal my mother-in-law? I don't know how many of you are like, I would never ask him to heal my mother-in-law. I love her, but no. I love my mother-in-law. I'm blessed with a great one, but I know not everybody is. Some of you are like, I can't answer that question right now. But either way, we'll keep going. Peter liked this. And it says, and he came to her, Jesus came to her, and taking her by the hand, the fever left her, and immediately she, it says, and she waited on them. She started making them. This, to me, this reminds me of like maybe what Lisa's mom would do. Like immediately she's like, what do you want to eat? I don't know how many of you, that's your mom. Like you're, you're, maybe it's your grandma. My grandma, she would feed me. I remember one time she fed me so much, she gave me a steak. I threw up because I ate so much because she wouldn't let me leave the table until I finished my steak and mashed potatoes. And then she said, are you still hungry? You want more? I'm like, Grandma, yes, I just made room, but that's sort of what I see right here. Peter's mom, she's like, you hungry? You're, you're, you're just, you were sick. Still, you hungry? 
When evening came after the sun set, they began bringing to him, look at this, all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered at the door, and he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons, as he was, and he was not permitting them to speak, for he, they knew who he was. And in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place, and was praying. So here's Jesus, right out the gate. Wakes up, five in the morning, and he's going. I don't know how many of you, that's you. You wake up and you're ready to go. Some of you, you're like the slow mover. You're like a roller coaster. You take a long time to get to the top. You're like, by nine o'clock in the morning, you're hoping you wake up. I don't know how many of you, that's you. My son, that's my son, Joel. Last, yesterday, we woke him up at like 10.30. Hey, Joel, it's time to wake up. He goes, but I don't want to wake up yet. Joel, it's almost lunchtime, dude. Oh, it is. Like, that's Joel. Laramie and I, we're like up and ready to go. We probably drive our kids crazy. So here's Jesus right out the gate. Mark, the book of Mark starts. Jesus gets baptized. And then right after he gets baptized, he gets tempted by the devil. The devil comes at Jesus. Doesn't give Jesus any time to sort of say, oh man, life is good. I just got baptized. You know, God's going to do great things in my life. And today, we're going to have that opportunity for you to get baptized. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've never been baptized, today is your day to take that step of faith and to obey God and to get baptized. So if you're a believer and you've never been baptized, we've got water right there for you. We've got a change of clothes right there for you. Jesus got baptized, we need to get baptized. If you've taken that step, you say, I believe in Jesus, don't miss that opportunity today. Because that's one way to stay plugged in and to be recharged. So then, Jesus gets tempted, the devil himself. Some of us, you say, I've been tempted by the devil. Probably not, you're not that important. Probably one of his demons, probably not the devil himself. Like if you call Walmart, you're not gonna get Mr. Wal, Mark, Walton, whatever his name is. You're gonna get somebody else. Devil says, hey Jesus, you want this? Jesus says, no. What does Jesus do? Does he come at him with his own power? Jesus come at him with, a, with an Android cable? No, Jesus comes at him with the exact power he needs, with the power that he needs. He needs that power from the Lord. He gets that power from the Holy Spirit, from that, that power from God's word himself. So every temptation that hits him, he combats the devil with the word of God. But here's the crazy thing. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, when the devil had finished every temptation that he did not, he didn't complete, he didn't, he didn't finish, he wasn't done, but he also didn't overcome Jesus. It says, he left him until an opportune time. The devil never quits never quits. He never gets tired. He never grows weary. Neither does God. Sometimes we let that opportune time continue to come. The devil knows you. God knows you better. And so he gets tempted. So that's right out the gate. Jesus gets baptized. He's tempted. And then we see this immediately, immediately. Then Jesus goes, as we continue Mark chapter 1, he chooses some followers. Then right after he chooses these four disciples, he chooses his first four, and he takes them right. He doesn't take them so like, okay, guys, we're going to go through training class. It's going to be four weeks of training. No, he goes, hey, guys, come with me, and I'm going to go cast out a demon. They're like, what? A demon? Yeah, a demon. That's, Jesus, we haven't even taken Discipleship 101 yet. Yeah, it's a, that never existed. So all these churches are like, take you all these classes before you can even get baptized. It's like, okay, Jesus never did that. He's like, you ready? Let's go. No. 
Jesus goes, and all of a sudden he's casting out demons. Demon, and the disciples are like, what the? And then Peter goes, hey, my mother-in-law is sick. Jesus walks into the house, lays hands on her. And then all of a sudden, there's a line out the door of people going, hey, Jesus, can you heal me? Hey, Jesus, I got this demon possessed. My kid's demon possessed. He goes, no, your kid just needs a spanking. And so he's got all those things going on, all this craziness going on in the city. And it's just this constant go, go, go. I don't know how many of you are sitting there going, that stresses me out right now. How many of you are stressed? How are you going? How many of you are the, you're the introverts in here and you're going, the whole city was at the door? You're going, I don't like it when my neighbors knock on my door. How, be honest, how many of you are that person? Sinners. I, me too, because usually if my neighbors are at the door, it's usually because my kids did something. Um, <laughs> They get, they get her house with a ball. I'm sorry. They, they're boys. They don't know how to not hit your house with a ball. Don't live next door to me. <clears throat> you know, and all this happens. I don't know how you re- looked at this. You heard this story and you're tired already. You're just tired from hearing about Jesus' life. You're ready to go hide and be like, okay, I don't want to have any part of that. And we just want to shelter him. But how did Jesus not go crazy? How did he do it? Because his life was busier than yours. You think your life is busy. Jesus had lines of people all the time that wanted only him. They wanted his attention. They wanted him to do something for them. That's what they wanted. How did Jesus... Excuse me, not go crazy. How do you not lose it? How is it when, when one dad comes up and says, hey, will you heal my daughter? He goes, can you not see that I am busy? How many of you have done that as a dad? How do you do it? You know, when we look at the book of Mark, which the book of Mark is written through Peter's perspective. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. We see in the book of Mark three separate times where Jesus, either he goes away by himself or he takes the disciples. He says, we need to go to a secluded place. Three times. If Mark, who wrote the shortest gospel, 16 chapters, okay, and Peter telling the story, and Peter tells him three different times how important and how impactful do you think that was to Peter for that to be something mentioned three times in a book that's already the shortest? Pretty impactful. For Peter to say, and Jesus got away by himself and he prayed. And Jesus told us we need to get away and pray. And Jesus went away to a mountain and prayed. And this paper here, it tells us every time that Jesus did it. So take it home, read it, read what's before and after to see what Jesus was preparing for. So how do we recharge? Well, let's look at how Jesus recharged. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place, and was there praying. I see three key things that kept Jesus focused. Three things that kept his batteries full, and three things that recharged his battery, recharged his soul. And here's the first one. The first one is uninterrupted time. It says, in 
the early morning while it was still dark. Uninterrupted time. It was when it was quiet. Time when it was free from distractions. When the rest of the world is calm. What does that look like for you? We know for Jesus it wasn't always in the morning. Sometimes it was in the evening. But we know it was at a time when, when the distractions were not there. When is that for you? When is that distractionless time for you? You've got to know. Some of you, you know your mornings are not that it. You've got to go. Maybe you've got a lot of kids and, and you've got to get them ready, get them going to school. And mornings are just tough. Maybe it's evenings for you. I don't know when your distractionless time is. Only you know that. But you have to know it. So how did Jesus recharge? How did he not go crazy? How did he not lose it? First thing, uninterrupted time. So what is that for you? The second thing that I see about Jesus is he, it was a designated place. Jesus got up, he left his house, and he went to a secluded place. He got up, he, he separated himself from everybody else. He, he could have stayed there in bed. With all the disciples and said, no, nah, I don't want to wake them up. I'm just going to stay here and on my mat on the floor. And I'm just going to pray here. Or you, your designated space is your bed. How will you fall back to sleep in your bed? If I'm in bed, guess what I'm going to do? Sleep. Mm. Sleep. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to sleep. I just know it. That's my space. That's my bed. And I love it. I have a Tempur-Pedic bed. I have a my pillow, and those two things love me. And I love them. When I sleep anywhere else, I look forward to going back to my bed because my bed's for sleeping. A designated place. Jesus got up, and we see, if you read through these verses, which I don't want you to read through now, I'm going to keep referring to it, but we see that Jesus sometimes, he goes here, we don't really know where it is, we just know it's a secluded place. We know in other places he goes to a mountain. We know in other places he goes to the wilderness. We know Jesus finds a secluded place. He left. He got up and he left and he went away so that he could be alone. Where is that for you? Maybe you're a mom. You're a single mom. You got to take care of all your kids. Your secluded place might be your closet. And you might have to tell your kids, hey, you need to leave mommy alone for five minutes. And if you mess with me, mommy becomes the devil <laughs> in this closet. Scare them. It's okay to do that. Um, I'm kidding, sort of. But where is that place for you? A friend of mine, Scott, his place was on the roof of his house. That's where he would go. This was when he was in high school. But he would go and sit quietly there because nobody would bother him there. I'm like, Scott, whoever bothered you anyways, you were like an only child. But that's where he would go. He would go on top of his house. The third thing I see Jesus did, he was intentional with purpose. Intentional with purpose. He was prayerful. He, he had a purpose. He had a reason for what he was going to do. He did all this because he knew he needed to hear from his father. He knew he needed to be, he needed to hear God. He knew he needed to be plugged into the source. And how many of you, you're struggling in life, you're trying to figure out why you have no strength, but your main problem is you're not plugged into the source. I could have my phone. I could be plugged into this little charger thing. You're like, but I'm plugged in. Plugged into what? I've got friends. Great. 
Friends stink sometimes, and they drain your batteries, don't they? I've got this, I've got a good job, I've got all this, but are you plugged into the source? Because the only good source is God. He's the only one that's going to charge you. He's the only one that's going to fill you. And some of you, you're looking at your life, you're struggling, you're wondering why, and you're like, well, I read my Bible at home. Let me tell you, when you're at church, not only is it a good place to charge, but it's a good place to keep you accountable because people notice you're not there. So some of you are wondering, why is my marriage struggling? Why is all this struggling? Maybe it's because you unplugged from everything of God. And that's why you're struggling. You're going, what in the world's going on? Well, you gave up on the one thing you need because you're tired, you're burned out. Maybe you need to give up on all the sports your kids are doing. Maybe you need to give up on all the extra hours you're putting in. Maybe you need to give up on all those other things you're doing. Maybe something else needs to get cut out. You see, when we're intentional, we do what we want on purpose. Anne Graham Lotz, you may not know her. She's an amazing, godly woman. She's Billy Graham's daughter. She knows I want to, she, her thing is, I want to hear from God in the mornings. So guess what she does first thing in the morning? She knows mornings are tough. You know what she does? She goes for a three-mile walk in the morning. That wakes up her body, not her mind. You know what she does for her mind to wake up in the morning? Three shots of espresso. She knows if I want to hear from God, I need to be intentional about it. I know if I just get up and go downstairs, I'm not going to do it. Now me, I wake up for the most part in the morning, I'm ready to go. I get downstairs, I go, I sit in my brown leather chair, that's my space. It's uninterrupted, I get up between 5 and 5.30, except for on Sundays, I get up at 4. My time, my uninterrupted time is first thing in the morning, because at night I don't want to. I'll be honest, I'm like, God... I'll pray to you, but I don't want to read anymore. I read all day long. Sometimes I'll read a devotion. I'm up in the morning. I sit in my chair. And then my wife and I will go make a cup of coffee. That's what, this isn't coffee. This is water. And I'll read. You see, we're intentional about things. You're intentional about the things you want. You may not believe it, you may not know it, but you are. You're intentional when you want something. If you want to golf, I like to golf. Guess what? If my tea time's at 7, I can't be there at 7 o'clock. Some of you are like, why? It starts at 7. No, they want you on the first tee at 7. They want you ready with club in hand and your ball and the tee ready. They want you there at before 7 o'clock. You've got to be there at least 8 minutes before because they want to know you're ready to go. If you are golfing with a buddy at foursome and you're not there by 10 minutes till, they're texting you going, are you still coming? If you want it, for those of you who golf, you have to be intentional. For those of you who want your cup of coffee before you go to work in the morning, you want to hit your Starbucks or whatever it is, your Black Rock, your Dutch, or there's all these coffee. If you want that, and you start at 7.30, you can't go there at 7.30 in the morning. You're intentional, aren't you? You leave 15 minutes early just for a cup of coffee. Because you're intentional about it. You want it. But how many of us are not that intentional with God? You want to go on your run? You want to go on your bike ride, mountain bike, whatever it is, go to hit the gym? You're intentional. You get off work early to hit the gym. But will you do the same thing? God. You see, we get plugged into so many things, but so many of us, our marriages, our life, our parenting, they're struggling because we're plugged into the very wrong thing. So how do we do it? How do we become intentional? 
how do we focus on what's right? As I read through the gospel, there are four different, or five different times. This sheet, even though there's all these different examples, all, the red is all the verses, there's, when you look at the Bible in, in order, chronological order, there's a, a book called Harmony of the Gospels, and it puts every story at the same place. When I read through that, there are five separate times where Jesus got away. Now remember, how many years of Jesus' life do we know? Does anybody know? Three years. We know three years of his life. We know year 12, and then we know the next three years. That's what we know. In those three years that we wrote down, we know the authors of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we know they wrote five different times where Jesus got away on purpose. So I ask you, what is draining your battery? When was the last time you checked your life battery and you went to look and say, okay, so it's draining me. What is it in, in the health of my battery? What's draining me? Amazon? Instagram? Friends? Family? So how do we recharge? I'm going to give you four things on how to self-check and how to recharge. Four things. The first thing, number one, reevaluate your schedule. Reevaluate your schedule. What is consuming your time? What is it? You are the only one that's going to know that. Maybe ask God. Say, God, show me. What are the things in my life? And maybe what is it that I need to cut and get rid of? Reevaluate your schedule. Are you doing too much of something? Are, you, are your kids too busy? I see in so many families, they're racing, getting their kids from one sport to another sport to another sport to an activity, to dance, to art, to this, to that. What are we teaching our kids? We're teaching them a busy life is okay. But when you are so busy, what does that teach you? Busy is fine. God goes on the shelf. We can't go to church because we were busy on Saturday. We can't do this because we were busy this week. We had a busy life. So what do we give up first? We give up God first. But he's the one that we should put in first. Okay, God, since you're first, what should I schedule around you? Oh, dang, that hurts right there. You see, in life, we need to learn the word what? No, somebody says, hey, can you come and help? You're like, man, I really can't because my life is busy. It's going to get in the way of church. No. Your kids say, hey, mom and dad, can I go do this? You're like, no, you might have to pause long enough to give them a real answer. No, why? Because it's so easy to get busy in life. And if I say yes to this, I'm going to have to say no to so many things, and I don't want to put God on the shelf, and I want to teach you how to say no. Reevaluate your schedule. Dads, that might mean for you evaluating your work schedule. Because your kids, your wife, your family should never come after them. Never, ever, ever, ever. You're like, but I gotta provide. If they're not being provided a dad, then what are you providing them? Who cares about money? The happiest kids in the world, if you've ever been outside of the United States, I've been to India, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Thailand, I've been to, I mean, I can't even, uh, tons of different countries. And none of them have as much as I have. But they have way more joy than my kids do. And my kids have They have gaming systems, new shoes, new clothes, 
big rod of their clothes. Dad, I need new shorts. Can I get the ones with the little zipper so when I ride my mountain bike, my phone doesn't fall out and so we can, yeah, I don't know where to buy them because I bought you one pair. I should have bought you 12 of them, but the kids grow out of, boys just grow out of clothes so fast. Dads, maybe you need to reevaluate your schedule. Moms, you too. Single people, you too. Kids, you too. But dads, I'm going hard on you because there's too many dads checked out of life. And our kids need dads. And if you're a dad of a daughter, she needs you a ton. If you're a dad of a son, who's going to teach him? TikTok, Instagram, his friends, coach? No, that's on you. Cut time out. You're like, but I got to get work done. Work will never stop. It's always waiting for you. But so are your kids. Which one is going to wait for you at the end of your life, at the end of your deathbed? Who's going to be sitting there, your work or your kids? It's going to be your kids, so pour into them now. Reevaluate your schedule. Learn to say no. Eliminate distractions. Second thing, what are the things that are keeping you in that crazy cycle? Can you adjust? Can you get rid of things? I don't know. That's you. Sometimes you got to tell your kids, you got to tell your kids, I can't. I'm sorry. We can't. We're sorry. You have to find that time. You got to cut. You got to cut those distractions. Third thing. Third thing is super important. Super important. Find something that fills you. I serving is good. I wonder what filled Jesus. I'll bet what filled him was hanging out and eating with his friends. I don't know how many of you that's, that's like your thing. You love to go and you're a foodie. Any foodies in here? You just love to go out, eat, and whatever it is. I wonder if that was Jesus. Because if you look at his life, everything revolved around food. He was always hungry, but yet always satisfied. I don't know what fills you. Is it, is it taking a hike? Is it, is it, is it going for a walk? Is, is, it, is it going for a bike ride? Is it working out at the gym? I don't know what fills you. And you're like, but Jamar, you just told me to cut that. You've got to evaluate. You've got to set your priorities. Gym, coffee. I know coffee is like, whoa, wait, didn't you say coffee's not number one? It's not number one. Coffee's number, like, if you're married, it's number three. It's right before your kids. God, spouse, coffee, kids, somewhere. Kids. Do something that fills you. And every, all of us are different. Some of us, you, you don't even know anymore because you've been so wrapped up in your life, you don't know what fills you anymore. That's a bad thing. You need to learn that about yourself fourth thing, this can be one of the hardest things, is you got to be quiet. You got to learn to pause. Pause long enough to hear from God. Make room for God's word. Like Jesus, uninterrupted time, what is that? An un design a designated place and then be intentional so what is your next step is it evaluating your schedule 
your next step might be putting Jesus as number one in your life. Maybe you've been running from him for a long time. Maybe you have been plugged into so many other things. Maybe you're plugged into the wrong thing. You've got an iPhone and you're trying to charge yourself with an Android charger. You're trying to charge yourself with things of the world, with alcohol, with parties, with friends, with boyfriends, girlfriends, with work, and you're charging. You're like, why doesn't this work? Because this will never charge this. Only this can. But guess what? This doesn't work unless it's plugged in to the source. But the moment I plug this in, God, you're good because I see where you're going. See, some of us, we think, but God, I can't come to you. I'm too dirty. I got to clean up first. The moment God, I can't. I, I, I've done too much. I'm too evil. God, I, 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 you, can't, you can't accept me. The, the moment this charger it can say, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if I got enough power. You, you have no power. You're a cable. The moment this and this meet, this charger. This cable didn't care how good, how bad, how dirty, how worthless, how used it was. This cable said, you plug into me, I will charge you. Man, that'll preach. I didn't say that last service. So many of us, we're running out because we're not plugged in. We're running out because we're not plugged into the right things. We're running out because we're cutting the very things we need. And I know we got baptism. We might go a little long. Shaved ice will stay out there for you. Won't, won't, won't melt. Don't worry. But some of you are sitting in this room right now and you've been plugged into the wrong thing your whole life. And I want to tell you today, you can plug yourself into Jesus and he will charge you. He will fill you. He will refresh your soul. He will save you from yourself. And he will give you every hope that your soul so desires. And if that's you right now, if you've been plugging into the wrong things your whole life, I want to tell you today, you can plug your life in to Jesus and he will save you. He will set you free. He will give you a new life. He will give you new changes. He will help you be become the man, the woman, the son, the daughter, the husband, the wife that you so desire to be, but you can't unless you're plugged in to the source who will charge you, who will fill you, who will give you a hope and a future, nothing you could ever imagine or dream. And if that is you today, I ask that you pray with me. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to be praying right now because there's somebody in this room that needs to give their life to Jesus, that needs to get plugged into the source that's been not plugged in. Maybe they haven't been plugged in for a long time. Maybe they've never been plugged in, but I want you to pray right now for those people. And if that's you, God is tugging on your heart. You're getting uncomfortable. You're getting sweaty. You're getting sort of super, you have no clue. You know something is happening in your soul. That's the Holy Spirit moving in. That's you. I want to tell you, Jesus died on a cross for you. Jesus gave up everything for you. He doesn't care how dirty. He doesn't care how sinful. He doesn't care how evil. He doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care what you've thought. He doesn't care what you did. He loves you right now where you are. And he wants to save you. He wants to make you new. And if that's you, I ask that you pray with me. Say, dear Jesus. 
Jesus, change me. Jesus, take my life because I've messed it up. Jesus, make it new. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. And Jesus, I ask that you would now fill me with yourself. Thank you for loving me. God, I ask that you forgive me and help me to become more like you. In Jesus' name. Jesus, you know our hearts, you know where we're at, you know what's going on. Jesus, you know some of us, we're running on empty and we're drained and we need a, a fresh filling of you. If you're in here this morning and that's what you need, you, have, you are tapped out, you're running on empty, your battery is at 1%, you're making panic calls going, I can't talk long, what do you need because I don't have much left. If that's you, if you're running low and you know you need a fresh outpouring of God's spirit upon you, I ask that you'd raise your hand. I would like to pray for you this morning. If that's you, if you are like me so many times, like I just got away just to spend time with God because I needed a fresh outpouring of the spirit. If that's you this morning. I ask that you raise your hand. Raise your hand so I can pray for you, that God would refresh you, that God would fill you, and that God would recharge you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that were brave enough to raise their hands to admit that they need a fresh outpouring of you. God, I ask that a special blessing upon them. A special refreshing and refilling and charging, God, that you would move in their life like only you can. And Jesus, I ask that you would fill each of us in this room with you. Jesus, that you would help us, fill us, overwhelm us, and overflow us. Jesus, that we might hear from you and see you move. In Jesus' name. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. If you want to learn more about what's going on at City View, download our City View app through the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can find everything from special events, outreach opportunities, and additional resources all in one centralized location. Links are in the description below. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.